You are listening to Stream. Every bone in my body was like, you are not doing this, this is wrong. Keep the conversation going and remain top of mind. Challenges are not supposed to stop you. The priorities and the things that we value have entirely changed. What we think influences what we say and how we behave. Taking the first step will reveal the next step. We try and create tomorrow what didn't exist today. It's not going to be perfect. You have to just keep moving forward. Welcome to Stream. A platform where different streams of consciousness come together to share stories of struggles and success. I'm your host, Marisa Logan. This episode of The Stream is brought to you by Pure Sports CBD, which is a premium organic vegan CBD that has been batch tested by Olympic standards. Now, personally, I'm a big advocate of CBD and have experienced vast benefits both physically and mentally and would highly recommend trying out Pure Sports CBD products, not only to ease physical aches and discomforts, but to also help with mental stresses that you may be experiencing during this time. Now back to our conversation with actor Piti Bayer, where we touch on mental health and growing from past insecurities and struggles. Welcome. So today we are chatting to Piti Bayer, actor, voice artist, writer, presenter. Thank you so much for joining us on the stream today. Um, and I Thank think- you. Glad to be here. Pleasure. I think before we start, just for a reference to anyone watching or listening, we do go way back and know each other from school days, primary school days. Um, and yeah. so I'm really excited to chat to you today. I think mainly this is probably the most um, intrigued I've been before an interview. I think every I, I often cliche as it is say very excited to chat to someone, but for you, on this topic, I'm very intrigued because I find acting in your career a very intimidating career for me. So I'm very <laughs> intrigued to hear your story, to hear how you've gotten to where you're at and um, to sort of discuss a bit more. Cool. I'm so, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Marisa. Thank you for having me. And uh, just as a starting point, uh, I feel very flattered, very excited to be here. It's so lucky. I've seen streamings, content you've been putting out there, and just the look, the look and feel. It's so fresh, so awesome. And like, kudos to you for starting a business this year, which has been such a crazy year. But like, I've always remembered you, speaking of going way back, you were, so you were a year above me, but you were always like the cool girl, like the popular, cool, awesome girl. Well, you and like maybe, there were a lot, there were lots of cool people. You were like the cool so I feel very flattered and very excited to be here. Sort of people, before I ask the first question, I did want to address the fact, what's the beard? Is it a, is it yes. a role? Is yes. it a... Thank you. Thank you. I even feel like uh, uh, almost flattered the fact that you can actually even call this a beard. It looks like, um, I look like one of those, you know, with, with all respect to literally everything. I feel like a, I look like an Afrikaner voortrekker or one of those like Paul Creer next. Like, I feel like I shouldn't yeah. be alive right now. Yes, I need a, exactly. I need a hat and a pipe and like, maybe I can be on a coin someday. But anyways, <laughs> I've got an insane beard. It was for a project, a movie project. You were um, naming, saying earlier that I'm an actor. Uh, thank you very much for the kind words. And I uh, uh, write and I uh, uh, also do some producing. And I was co-producing this uh, on a movie now. Uh, but it got postponed because of, well, a few yeah. different things. It's also just a tough time, a tough year. And, uh, and uh, but now it's sort of postponed definitely. I'm not sure we might like still shoot some of it in within like two, three weeks time, but I'm not sure yet. <laughs> so I don't want it to, I've, done, I've, done, I've grown it for so long. If I, if I shave it off now, I have to go through it again and look like, <laughs> like Tom Hanks from Castaway for another five months. So I'm kind of like just hanging on to it. But my, I don't think my, I don't think, 
my girlfriend's very generous. So she won't say it's not a favorite, but I can't think that this, you know, is a good, is really a good look. But anyways, well, uh, thank you for prepared. that. Yes, 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 yes. I'm prepared. This is all just me being professional, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, actually, if you could just give a bit of an update career-wise. I know I, um, and we can touch on your movie, Skimmer Son, as well. But just sort of, I actually think I lost track. I don't know when you moved up to Joburg. I'm taking it it was for career. If you can just give it a little bit of a backstory yes. um, career-wise and where you're at now. Perfect. So I was, I moved up to Joburg for work indeed for like a, a year contract in an Afrikaans soapy called Binnelanders. And after that, I worked, I moved into the freelance space up in Joburg, making it happen, trying to hustle. I've been learning Zulu and in Zulu there's a line, Siapanda, which means we are hustling, we're digging, we're cruising, we're operating. So Siapanda. And uh, to be honest, that was quite challenging. Like I also told Annika, uh, I was speaking to Annika, uh, my girlfriend, who you know, the other day, and I was like, I'm speaking to Marisa, and on stream, it's going to be, I'm so very excited, it's going to be lacquer. And I told her that, like, it's cool that you mentioned that we can also speak about not all that is, like, rose-colored, like, also the challenges, because, to be honest, it's also been challenging. Like, moving from my comfort zone in Cape Town, that was quite, a, like, a safe haven in certain ways, because there's family, there's someone to fall back on. And I'm not saying that, like, if things turn, go horribly south, there's no support structure, because I'm in Joburg, but... I really felt like coming to Joburg is quite a bit of a, even if it's not like the UK or whatever, it, it just was a bit of a, uh, uh, I suppose it sounds very cliche, but like becoming my own adult or man or whatever, you know, okay. just go that kind of thing. Very, very simple things like even, even just domestic like stuff we've got up here that like we privileged enough to have a swimming pool. But do you know how much shit I was, you got, you keep, I, we keep on having stuff like, like a creepy crawly. And I'm like, I'm 31 years old. And I'm, I know it's like sounds so white privilege, and I'm so grateful to be able to own a creepy crawly. <laughs> but like, I mean, that's just a symbol for taking responsibility of lots of small little things in life, which is great because it feels like I've learned a lot about like accountability and things. Ever since I was in the freelance space, I uh, wrote and co-produced a movie that sort of was born or originated from my own like struggles with mental health, which was also largely influenced by me going from a safe job environment to suddenly going freelance to having like times of not working and that sort of insecurity and I don't know, just getting too much in your head kind of thing that sort of led to a path of me walking quite a path with anxiety, OCD more specifically. And, uh, um, and I'm not trying to like be like, you know, OCD, this, whatever, like trying to mental health name drop. Ooh, I'm so misunderstood. I wish, I wish, I wish it was like that. Um, I think things also have its flips, you know, it's, it's, it's flip sides. Like I was anxious, I was anxious in my personal life. I mean, in my mind for, for, I just was just in an anxious space. And, but then I kind of tried to uh, turn some of that into fuel as well. It wasn't all just like work insecurity at all. It was more like just a personal mental space. But then I started, I was like, well, I can might as well put one foot in front of the other. Maybe that can help. And then I, so the movie you mentioned, Skimmer Song, that's actually on uh, Showmax right now. Plug, punts, smoke it, watch that shit if you want to. If you want to feel, I don't know, if I you did, want to go on I, deep. Yeah, just on that note, I watched it on Showmax and it's, uh, we, we, can, we can talk a bit. Okay, okay we're going to get there. We're hmm. going to get there. And you don't have to feel obligated to say, yes, but you can say, I'm, I'm, I'm over the point of having a thin skin with that. You know, you get like quite 
I, I, I'm super, I've, I've started to embrace it. I'm a sensitive individual. So if I'm busy with a project, like, let's say you're busy with stream now, right? And you're busy with it and you're investing your time and your heart and your spirit and whatever into it. And Schema Son was similar for me. I mean, it wasn't like an ongoing uh, uh, big project like stream. It was a once-off movie, but it was big for me at that time. And I put so much into it. So if someone told me something that wasn't so great about it, I would probably go and like cry in the corner for like two years. But now I'm like, I don't know, I've distanced myself, I've moved on, so whatever. But, but anyway, so I've been acting, I've been lots of doing lots of radio work. Like tomorrow I'm doing this, it's like radio dramas. Very much, I work quite a lot in the Afrikaans space, like doing radio. I'm actually on the side, but these are all like small incomes, you know, different income streams uh, yeah. to, to, you know. And the other one is I'm dubbing a Turkish series that's coming to South Africa in Afrikaans. I'm playing like this, anyway, I'll get to that, <laughs> which is quite fun which is like small, they're not, I won't say 2020 has been the financial highlight of my um, life, but I've, I've realized also that, and you might uh, relate to this, but, but I mean, you've been highly successful, at least in my eyes. Um, yes, uh, it's always flattering when people say stuff like that. You're like, oh shit, where am I going to find, find out about that? But anyways, um, okay. no, but, but what I just mean is like, I've realized that good things come to those who create. And... Uh, that's what I've started to almost experience because I've realized like things only happen when you happen. And I started like doing the work instead of waiting for work because I'm in an industry where we wait a lot, like go for auditions or whatever. But I was like, what if I create the audition? What if I create the, and not only, I think I've also like, I'm lucky enough to be able to involve with one or two other things like that aren't acting related. Like I'm part of a business that but I'm like a silent shareholder more and more every now and again, we'll, we'll have strategy chats and things on like two, uh, two alcoholic beverages, which is, wasn't a great time for it now, whatever. But I'm very lucky to have been kept busy for, for a while now. And I'm very ambitious and very passionate because as well, it's also like a, to be honest, it's also a coping mechanism from, against myself. If, I, if I've got too much time, I start thinking about like, I don't know what happens after we die or stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like I start freaking out about all kind of existential shit. So I'd rather just while we're in this world, see a panda. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love that. Sorry, that was a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good though. But I, I feel like there's so much that I wanted to touch on just in Over. that. And, and cancerians, I know, like I'm super sensitive. And just back to that topic, yesterday I was working on like project work and I don't know if it was a mistake or, but I was very interested in getting feedback and critique and I was ready for it. And I sent it out to like close mates <laughs> and to family and it just got ripped, especially my family, the Italian family. But it's like, they're supportive. They're trying to help me, but they're like, no, not this way, not that. Not this, not that, that I actually felt depleted and I went to bed and, and like Rocco was just telling me, he's like, don't worry, like super supportive. And he's like very gentle in knowing how to treat this cancerian. So yes. he, I, I woke up just exhausted and, you know, like it almost like demotivated, but I know it's happened in the past and with time, you actually build this sort of resistance to it. But yes. I am bad with, with when it comes to critique. I do. I'm very sensitive to it. You know, there's those cliches about like, turn your wounds into your wisdom and like, do you know, you grow through what you go through, which is kind of, I think there's truth in all of that. But I do feel like that, that everything's got its flip side, right? So being sensitive makes you, oh, I've got a thin skin and I'm like very sick. But that also means you're quite, in, you can, you, you, you might be quite in tune and intuitive with people. So you like, it's got a good side and a bad side. And then uh, 
good for you for being open about it and actually, you know, opening it up to your, to your, uh, your loved ones and asking them for their critique or advice. That's already a very like, whatever this is the opposite of stubborn. That's a very like uh, a mature thing to do. I like, I'm very impressed. Good for you. So I'm saying mature, but yeah, on, on that note as well, I, I do, I do, I'm recently, especially during lockdown and, and going through like, shitty experiences in life I've had to look at my sensitivity as embracing it and I think that like ties in very well with when I was watching your film Skemmerson is like and and <laughs> but what a, what a deep ride yes yeah and, and I want to know okay so maybe before I ask my questions with regards to the the film is like just giving those who haven't watched it or haven't um yeah yes. seen it yet or know about it if you can just recap on 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 the film itself so Skimmerson, I was shit anxious. I'm, I'm not lying. Like, I'm not going uh, I'm, I'm to channel that place now because touch wood, but I'm, I'm feeling much better. But, like, I was seeing a psychiatrist and psychologist and I was on meds because, I, well, it's, it really started with me, in parenthesis, losing my job. Losing my job sounds very like I was fired. Uh, but it was more like I had a contract of a year and the year came to an end. And I was under the impression, I was kind of under the impression that it's going to be extended, but it wasn't sure. And then it was like, oh, we really like you, but we, you, we can't really, you know, keep you for another year. And I was like, oh, well, brilliant. I moved up to Joburg. And but there was also lessons in that. Like I realized that I wasn't, all, and up until then, I wasn't also, I mean, I was doing my th- working but I could have put more work into it. And that really taught me like a lesson to if I want to be who I feel like I can be inside and not to get too esoteric. But I know like you probably in yourself, I think all of us like think we've got something to give inside, whether it's like some light or positivity or empathy or compassion or fucking ideas or whatever it is. And then I think part of our like goal in life subconsciously is to, is to in some way or form give life to that which we feel inside, right? You know, and actually externalize it and share it with the universe or the world or whatever. And I think after that, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got it wrong. Like I've tried to give what I've got inside and it's been like, not rejected, whatever. But I knew I wasn't really working hard, like for a long time in my life, maybe 25 years, maybe more. Actually, like up until about six months before I met Annika, like partying was a much more important thing. No, well, I went through lots of shit ever since my, like my family, my parents got divorced, end of primary school. And I was like a sootsinky up until then. And then I was like all over the show, fucking joke and an insecure disaster and everything. But, but so I think, I think anxiety and me being deep in my mind has always been underlying. And that gave birth to Schema. So I'm sorry, this is a very long-winded answer, but it's, it also gives context to the space I was in. And uh, so Schema Son is, a base, is, is, is sort of inspired by true events. I wasn't on the bridge as the character in Schema Son was, luckily, and touch wood, and like with all respect and love to anyone who's been in a, a similar dark places. But emotionally, I was, uh, psychologically, I was in a very deep, deep space. And... Uh, I, I just figured out like I've I want to if if someone if anyone out out there is feeling as anxious or potential maybe I wasn't really depressed necessarily but if they're feeling in a space in their mind that isn't somewhere that is pleasant or comfortable or comforting 
maybe if I can put, and I wasn't even thinking of a movie necessarily immediately, if I can take the feeling I have and show it to the world, maybe someone else might feel a little less alone or misunderstood, right? And it sounds like, but it's the truth. I was like, you know, I feel, because we've all went through some shit. Like I've realized like everyone, it doesn't matter who you are. You can be, you can have a billion followers on Instagram. You can, you know, you can be good looking and good shape, whatever. Everyone has challenges. Like it doesn't matter if it's, financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically, we always want to like, it's almost always, you know what I'm saying? Like we all have challenges, even if it's just, I'm feeling sensitive about the project I'm on, right? Whatever, or it, it can range. And, and I realized there's a, I think there's a space for people to be honest about vulnerability rather than pretend like everything's awesome because my cup of coffee and sunset looks perfect on Instagram, right? That's just a symbol for seeming perfection. And uh, I, I did my honors in creative writing, or that was one of my main electives at Stellenbosch. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to put it into movie form. I knew more or less how to write a movie script. I knew I wanted it set in one of the most beautiful places in South Africa. To me, I found that Titikama Coast absolutely beautiful, close to, you know, Plet and uh, uh, Jabe, that whole section. And uh, I knew I wanted a, sort of an anti-hero as, uh, you know, you usually get like the, you know, let's say on a date with Tad Hamilton the, the guy's like almost perfect yes. and then he's got like a bit of a struggle and then it's fine but like I wanted a guy that's almost like not a hero the hero to be he's not a hero like he's just he's it's, it's quite like the hero is actually very very much an underdog in himself so I wanted to make it like a very relatable story so so I'm going to keep my I promise I'm going to keep my answer shorter for now but I think what I also what I found very fascinating is just knowing I, I sometimes feel like if you know someone in a film I say this like I know a lot of people but because of Jan van Riebeck I do now want yeah. a lot of yeah. TV with people I know but I feel like you're almost more critical because you know the person in person and um, I found it so intriguing to watch the fact that the version of you that I know is like bubbly like even your voice notes or even seeing you is like energy and like positivity and in this character my emotions were down like watching it I was it really captured my attention but it wasn't the pity I knew so for you to channel that I actually was I don't know how long were you filming it for like where didn't you have moments like after like coming off set where you were like physically just drained for completely being in this character so that's a great question and i think the reason and thank you i i, I the the i think that if there's an authenticity that or a truthfulness that came through for the character it was probably because i was in a similar space before that so i could really it's almost that thing about like uh it sounds so cliche and i've like i've been no disrespect to acting but i see myself as a human being before i see myself as like a you know put myself in the box of an actor or this, that, that. But I think there's like, there's like this thing in acting and I, and I absolutely respect it, like of being versus acting or showing or pretending. And I think that quite helped me because it was, well, firstly, I, I did that, you know, intermittent fasting, right? Marisa, I lost 14 kilograms with intermittent fasting in like 10 weeks, but I did it so aggressively because, but I had that, I had such a burning desire to prove myself largely to myself, to do this movie, to show whatever, the imaginary people in my mind that like let me go at, you know, the soapy I was, whatever, to just like show like whoever, it's largely our, our crit- ourselves, our own biggest critics, you know, so it was probably myself, but I was like, I want to do this thing and I do want to do this thing proper. Like I've never made a movie before. I'm going to go full on. I'm going to, and I was so determined. So 
I think losing 14 kilograms really got me in that physical state. I was like, there was one stage where I was like, I fasted for like, I think like 56 hours, two days before we started shooting. And before I knew, because I knew there was going to be like a, a shirtless scene. And I was in this, uh, because it starts with this, this like drone shot of uh, over this pool that's shot in Yesterafi, just next to um, uh, Nature's Valley. And the water was so fucking cold. And I was so thin. Like I was, I usually weigh 84, 85 around there. And I was weighing, that morning I woke up, I was 60, like late, like 69 kilograms. And I was like, really like my so my girlfriend's a doctor and medical doctor as you said and we'll get to that as well but later she was she was just not she wasn't like worried she knew what, what i was doing and i was like doing it quite like healthily but later on i was like she was like i think you should take like iron tablets or just some vitamins daily just to i think if you've got i, I wasn't like on the point of like anorexia but i could feel like my hands and feet were cold all the time and but i was so determined and and that really put me in the space and because i was there in that space for so long. And yeah, I've just, I was personally before that movie, I secluded, I isolated myself for a long while from the world before when I, when I, when I left the soapy and before really getting on my feet again, professionally, there was some projects in between, but like getting myself into like, I was going through lots of things, harnessing my demons to my chariot or whatever. And so many things happened. I had hepatitis. I kind of like, I stopped drinking and smoking for like a year and a half. Now I'm like, Still, I feel like I'm back to, I feel like I'm the person that I, more close to the person that I want to be and the bubbly version, but without being like drunk in a club at three in the morning and rather like being like, I'll have a drink here and there, but it used to be about that for like escapist purposes or just numbing my mind. And now it's like I have a drink every now and again here and there because I want to be, and I feel largely, hopefully quite often, content to myself. So it's, Life's a freaking journey. I don't know how it is for you, but life's a freaking hectic job. I wanted to actually ask you with the, with the whole acting thing. I, I was listening to good old Oprah and she was saying something along the lines of like, people fail when they chase the dreams that are not meant for them. And I felt that was right. like, yeah, when do you, especially again in acting, I think I always admired the uh, actors because again, like we compare ourselves to other people and physiques and stuff. I admire the confidence that actors have and that I've always been geeky and awkward in front of a camera stream mm. and all of that. It, as it's been a lot of things that I've had to get to this point of being comfortable, but I still find that is how as an actor do you, when you face, even with modeling and, and going to casting and stuff, how do you, Keep facing rejection, but keep pursuing your dream. Like, how do you know it's not like Oprah says, one is chasing a, a dream that's not meant for you? That's a very good question. I just want a, a quick, like, uh, uh, pit stop pep talk, and I'm sure you don't need it, but uh, uh, just as a just a quick, like, maybe you, you I, I understand how one feels and how one comes across two very different things. Like, but I just want to say, but you don't have to take it hard or you can, but. The things that you might be insecure about that you've mentioned, you come across excellently well. So just uh, you can you can take it or don't take it. Like for instance, in front of a camera or being like, but it, these things are weird because it's like we don't see our uh, like often some of our things. I don't know, like just similar to what you spoke about earlier. Like I was the most awkward, insecure. I was like up until grade, up until pretty much after school. 
I was so awkward around girls, except if I was drunk, because then I thought I could be like, I could be myself. Really, you know, I, I was like, it was too intense for me. I, I didn't know who I should be. And I was like, but okay, that's on that part. The, the just thing about like feeling versus coming across, you know, and you're really brilliant at what you do. But, but, but okay, so, so just as a, a, a yes. On that note, it's a, it's a good question. You know, I, there's a guy that started a company that uh, ad agency, Joe Public, right? You know, yes. Joe Public. Yes. So one of the founders, Pepe Mare. I don't know if you know that man. Yes, you know, you were, you, I mean, you had butter knife, so sure you guys know him. Um, I met him, I was at this talk once and he spoke and he said something that I really related to. And he said, he's not, he doesn't see himself as like an ad man because he's in the ad world or like a, this or that. He said, I'm in the business of human connection. And I related to that. And that's what I kind of feel like when I was seven years old and looking in the mirror and feeling misunderstood or 15 years old and feeling misunderstood. And still now I feel slightly less misunderstood, but I feel, feel like I'm still in the business of human connection of trying to find like something that relates, that engages, that makes people slightly more comfortable, that makes me more comfortable, that makes us this human experience more just like kinder to ourselves and less hard on ourselves. And I think acting is one way of portraying that, of portraying a character, of showing someone in some certain way, having empathy for that person, going through a story where people can relate to that and relate to something. I'm not necessarily precious about the medium or the form. Like I'm not a diehard filmmaker or actor. And the irony is, not the irony is, but I think I, I love what Oprah said. And on top of that, what I would like to add is that for me, the, one of the biggest growth points in my career or just my personal development or whatever I do right now, like I've, we've started a podcast, a friend of myself, he's a lawyer, so in completely different fields, but I've realized that the less it's about the ego for me and the more about like actual meaning, yeah. the more it translates. And the, the thing when I've tried to like, I'm going to act this thing because I'm going to be famous and people are going to think I'm cool. If that's the departure point, it often lands in the place where dreams die, like Oprah said. But when I have a story that I really want to tell, or I have a, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a radio thing, whether it's a movie, whether I'm working on, you know, speaking to my friends about that alcohol thing, when, when it feels real and believable and feels like it can, it can honor and be of service to someone else, and it's not about me, then ironically enough, it comes back to me in a better, more beautiful way. So, so acting is just one form of that. And because I've had this thing of like, I really, but, but there's also an ego thing in it. I think part of me feeling misunderstood when I was younger felt like, I remember, by the way, and I don't think I've told this, I remember, listen to this piece, listen to this piece of personal fucking testimony I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know if I've actually said this in words to anyone because I've, haven't, I haven't thought about it like this, like just loudly. It's not like a secret. It's just something I've come to realize now recently. It's so interesting how things are propelled often by our experiences and our wounds and our whatever, you know? So like, I remember in your year, you guys had a very strong year, especially with like sport and stuff. And I was in a, I was in such a confusing space, such an insecure place. And I kind of was looking for my identity and I kind of found it by alienating other, well, 
trying to differentiate myself and like this, I'm this punk rocker and like trying to be a rebel and whatever. But I was like, I was a horrible rebel. I wasn't, I didn't even succeed at doing that. But, <laughs> but like, and I remember, I remember like us like, and I'm the biggest sports fan. It was so stupid, but I was like, yo, the rugby jocks, you know, whatever, whatever. Meanwhile, I'm a love, I love, I'm love sports and I just want to be friends with all of them. And I was just like trying to think I'm cool because then I don't actually have to reveal who I really am because I don't know who that is. Right. It was like this whole insecure thing. I remember on Benalanis, I'm not even joking. Part of why I was on Benalanis and why I was so glad, because I thought if I'm on Benalanis and I make my character quite friendly and quite passive, then somehow, somewhere, some of the people that thought I was an asshole, and I thought like portraying a nice character will somehow paint an image in people who might have known me, even if it's just in their periphery, like, oh, that guy can't just be bad because, look, he's playing a character that's kind of good. So it's very weird how things we've sometimes propelled by things that hurt us or things we want to prove to ourselves or whatever. So it comes from different places. I think there's like this, for me, I feel like deep, deep down at my core to come back to Oprah, I think the, business, the, the dream of human connection and empathy, and that's why the learning Zulu is such an important bridge for me and has been something that is... When we bry one day with you guys, we, we can have, a, I'm not like an advocate. I'm not going to sell it to you like for an hour and do a speech or PowerPoint presentation on why we should all learn Zulu. But it's been quite amazing because it's, it, it, feel, it speaks to my essential need to connect with people and make them and myself feel a bit better. Not that life's one big suffering. I just think that like make us feel comfortable about the things we feel uncomfortable with and be a bit less hard on ourselves. So I think lots of it is one big like, fucking leopard crawl bushwhack towards empathy <laughs> um the last question that i actually had was one that um i wanted to know if there was a sort of catalyst in your life that influenced a complete change in you and i know we've spoken about a few incidents or periods of your life and insecurities but if there was a sort of or even a, a failure that you went through that you believe has has brought you to the success where you are today? Yo, Marisa, that's a very good question. Um, I remember even when I studied drama at Stellenbosch, uh, there was a director called Martinez Basson, and he once asked us in a class what was like seminal, seminal, like pivotal, or I didn't, I didn't, don't think I understood the word when he said it. I was just like nodding, trying to look impressed. He said like this word, what was your seminal moment in your life? And I was like, what does that mean? And he was just like, so what was one of the moments? Are there moments that define the, your, exactly as you saw it? Like, where did you pivot? Yeah, there's so many. That's such a good question. That's an absolutely brilliant, brilliant question. It's something that fascinates me. I think there's a few. I think there's a few. And um, I think one of them, yeah. And it's also like some of them are, some of them are very personal and shapes who you are in your personal life, if I can say that. Um, I remember like, I was like five years old. And I used to, so I've got an anxious, I, I'm like, seems super casual, super chill and happy go lucky. But it's, oh, that's probably also like, oh, nowadays I try and be like that. But it's probably also because in myself, I'm so hard on myself. I never want to be anyone to experience that hardness. So I would rather be soft on other people because I, that's how I want to be nowadays. I'd like to be kind to other people because I'm not always so kind to myself. Yeah. And I'm not looking for sympathy or this is not it. I'm literally just saying how I often feel. And so, so I've got like this thing of like sometimes obsessing in myself about me not doing things exactly right or being the perfect person or fucking whatever. 
And I remember, so that obsessive kind of thing has always kind of been there of like freaking out about something in myself, feeling like, um, about like irrational things often. Like for the first five years, and this is going very deep now, but for the first five years of my life, I remember like not being able to fall asleep at night because I would freak out about the fact that we need to die one day, right? And I would like lie in bed. And I think that's a thing that all of us have thought about and it's like a weird thought and some people are more at peace with it and others and I've had like I was almost dead in the womb like in the womb there was a whole story maybe that had an influence cancerian jobless like I don't know all of the you know esoteric stuff with all respect but I couldn't I just couldn't fall asleep I would think about how does infinity feel it was fucking heavy and I would try and think I would try and imagine how would infinity feel of not having my stream of consciousness here right and it was so overwhelming and so fearful. I felt so fearful and so anxious and so freaked out. And I remember I was at, we were at Kleinbrach, which is close to Mossel, like George Mossel Bay. And I went to wake up my mom. I think I had like my first anxiety or panic attack, basically. And I went to them and I was like, listen, I'm freaking out. I don't know what's going on. And they were like, and my whole family woke up and came up and made like tea and coffee, like at 11 at the night. And we all sat in the kitchen table and they started telling me about maybe there's something after we die. Maybe there's this idea of a Nivelieve. And this idea of a Nivelieve, and I think maybe that has to do with also like second chances. And if you feel bad about something, there's always a Nivelieve. Like you can always, there's maybe, there's hope. Like if things are shit or you think things are going to be shit, like it's not necessarily, isn't necessarily the doom and gloom that you can imagine in your mind. Yeah. whether it's death, whether it's whatever, whether it's you feeling misunderstood at school. I and mean, there was always this thing in me, like ever since, like I would, I remember high school when I would like take a bath or shower and I'd come up and I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like 15, 16 years old. And I was like, fucking, it was like a Tuesday and I'd feel shit because I was got like so drunk over the weekend because I actually can't really speak to girls and I feel so insecure. and I don't know who the fuck I am, but I know I've got something in me that is good. So yeah. I always felt like, like a limp golden retriever, you know, or like with a, like a golden retriever that has like a, was like picked or something. So I'm like skittish and bite people when they come too close and for like a fucking weird golden retriever. And then I was like looking at myself in the mirror and be like, one day you'll see, well, like one day they'll see because you will see. And I kind of had this faith in me. And I think part, I think, so that's just to touch on like one of them, but I think there are these big moments and I think it starts often with like a big emotional, spiritual or psychological breakthrough or realization or breaking point. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like a, it's not necessarily like something that happens in the business or academic world, but it often has a, has a ripple effect on everything, including that, you know? So I think I was kind of like, that helped me to go from just a place of like being super anxious in myself and freaking out to considering that maybe things can actually be quite cool. Um, Just on a very like, just, just giving, giving hope and positivity and, and the light, giving the light a chance. And uh, ever since I've, I've, I've went through so much things and then always it's been like, even on even at the breaking point, there's like I think it's like Leonard Cohen said, like we all are broken, the cracks are where the light gets in, or something like that. And it's like, oh wow, because those are the things that have provided me with the tools for empathy. You know, 
I used to think that like what makes you impressive makes you cool. But to me, it's more like what makes you real makes you relatable. And that for me has become more meaningful. So I think it's to answer your question on a professional level, everything I do professionally, I think has come from a deep, deep, deep uh, sense of sort of on a spiritual, emotional level, wanting to comfort myself and others. Mm. Yeah, it's so yeah, but I love that, and I almost like I again going back to whether it's a Cancerian thing or whether I feel like we had similar sort of struggles, personal struggles mm. that we went through throughout um, schooling. But I had those a moment when I was also very very young. In fact, I remember the couch that I was lying on at my parents' house, and I've got this photo of myself still lying on this couch. And whenever I look at myself lying on the couch, I remember the thoughts that I'd have. If I had to close my eyes and I'd have this complete feeling of anxiousness and shortness of breath when thinking, what is the world? Who are we? And what else is there? And it would also get me so much like this. And it was, I was young. I was battling with my mind to stop myself from thinking it, but at the same time, teasing myself, torturing myself to think that, to feel that. That's exactly the right word, teasing and torturing yourself. It's this weird, it's like this little voice. It is, that's what anxiety does. It's like, hmm, let me get in there. What about this? What about, and the moment like I've learned, like anxiety, for me, anxiety is not about, um, and I love what you do, by the way, and stream. And this is, I think it's going to become a very powerful platform. That's my, like just intuitive feeling. And, and some people are going to take it more professional. Some people are more spiritual. And that's the beauty of it as stream, you know, welcome. So for me, and just, just a quick thing on anxiety or whatever, I've started to realize it's not about the content. So if you worry about what's going to happen after death or you worry about, and is this good enough? You can go on for ages. The content will never resolve itself because you can think about anything up into a point of irrationality and where it freaks you out. It's about the fact for me, it's realizing that I've got a tendency of being anxious. And when I get anxious about something, rather letting the anxiety go of trying to resolve the content because anxiety in its nature, it distorts and changes reality we'll deal with reality when we get there in reality with people we don't have to we don't have to solve who we are and the universe and the infinity in our minds because you can't totally and yeah just to end up on that note as well i think what's actually veered me away from the the things that I struggled with in high school, et cetera. Some of it I might feel like I've overcome. Some of those insecurities are still there, but I almost feel like bigger things have happened and bigger issues have happened. And that's where I almost, I wouldn't say welcome challenging experiences, but in hindsight, everything that I have gone through, I've, I've very much valued and seen the good that's come out of it. And, and that was a big stream was like, how do we talk about things that have been particularly a struggle, but in essence, that is the reason why you're getting to your success or that is what you need to get through. And I think, yeah, if I look back to certain things that have happened in my life, I got, and it was super painful and I'm an emotional person and I can like sit with emotions for, for days and like torture myself with it. But that 
as soon as something bigger happened or, and, and I'm coming from someone who's never lost a parent or a sibling or a loved one. And I mean, and again, I know we can't compare pain, but even just the way I handled what I went through was still my biggest learning for growth in getting me that I'm, that I'm value. I say that until the next traumatic thing happens and then I crumble and say, I can't make it. I'm not strong enough. But, but I suppose good for you for not being stubborn and taking on the learnings or the lessons, you know. I think that's the other cool thing is like, I suppose you could have, it's like become better or become better. It's like you chose to get better. Well, in a way, I mean, it, it doesn't mean you're not wounded. You don't have emotional scars, but like good for you that you're not like screw it all. I hate people. I don't trust anyone. Like, and I'm not judging people who are like that. I'm just like, yeah, I think like, like good for you for, for harnessing your demons to your chariot, you know? Don't you feel like, I just want to, you've been so kind and generous to ask me all these things. I just would like to ask you, don't you feel like, and we all have our own experiences. We might speak to another person that was, let's say like someone like a mutual friend of ours or someone that, that like, I really like, we don't have so much contact anymore, Basil Spinalis and, you know, that you might see more often. I'm just speaking of like people in general now, someone that one would think is like super happy, easy, nice. You never know what other people go through in their minds. Some people are open. And I'm not saying Basil is deep down misunderstood. Not at all. He might be as happy and as nice as we think he is. You know, just like, cool. But like, don't you think that everyone has their own individual experiences? And don't you think like your deep emotional experience of growing up, whatever, that was like, a, like let's say a well, like a well as in that holds water, right? And you've always been a deep well, perhaps. So, it's, so you were like, I'm not, I know I'm going to stuff up this like uh, made up metaphor, but like, it's almost like you, you always felt deeply and to, at the beginning you felt deeply. So you had like this appetite for, for feelings and things and it was so overwhelming. So it was difficult to make sense of all of it. And then, so it wasn't like you attracted pain, but it was always like you had this craving of feeling deeply and intensely because you've got this emotional well and like almost like empathy. And then you get the life gives you all these lessons. And now it's almost like all those experiences have given you as Marisa that well made it so rich to in stream in your personal life with people, be able to empathize and really connect with people on such a deep level because you've went through so much shit. And to everyone, like the listeners, I'm sure that whoever's listening now, watching this now, they have their own struggles. Like, fuck man, like power to you and empathy and it's not always easy but uh there might be new life that's what i've learned like there might be better times there might be growth and look at you and rocker i mean like you literally look looks like you guys are glowing i'm sure nothing's always just easy i know but like good for you and i just want to thank you on that note like you've always been very kind and generous and even though you felt when i speak of like kindness and generosity i get i just got goosebumps because it's like i i I really appreciate kindness in people uh, because I think like I've needed that lots of my life from myself. So I recognize in other people and I'm sure you've got your own securities like, Oh, I wasn't maybe kind to this person. Then I don't know. But the way I've like experienced you, you've always been very, very warm and kind. And I really appreciate that. And thank you for this. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. And it was awesome chatting and I'm sure we'll do it again soon as the brand starts to develop. All the best. Thank you so much. High fives. Much love to Rocco and Enzo, your dog. And uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you very much, Marisa. Cheers. Thanks. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Stream, sponsored by Pure Sports CBD, which was founded by two professional athletes who were seeking natural solutions for the adverse effects they were experiencing on their health and their mental well-being. Visit puresportcbd.co.za to view their full premium organic vegan CBD range.